0: This is Our Common Ground with Janice Graham, transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time.
1: was stolen. We went from an intelligent friend to a dumb Dixiecrat, A rich Republican who has never held a job in his life is against affirmative action, against education, I guess he is, <laughs> against health care, against benefits for his own military and gives tax breaks to the wealthiest contributors to his campaign. Government, when it came to treating the citizens of African descent fairly, America failed. She put drugs, builds bigger prisons, passes a three-strike law, and then wants us to sing God Bless America? No, 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 not God Bless America, God damn America for killing innocent people. God damn America for treating our citizens as less than humans. God damn America as long as she, she tries to act like she is God and she is supreme. The United States government has failed the vast majority of her citizens of African descent. America's chickens are coming home.
0: Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. Transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. Transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time.
2: Our common ground, speaking truth to power and ourselves. Our common ground, a higher ground for discourse, discussion, solutions and ideas.
3: I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you.
2: Talk, talk that matters.
0: And now, Janice Graham.
2: (laughs) Stepped on him this
3: time. Good evening and thank you for joining us at Our Common Ground. This is in Puntano, Wednesday night open mic. And we are so pleased that you have decided to join us tonight to sit and speak truth to power and ourselves, which is really important. Um, Open mic. Wednesday night is really designed for us to follow up on a lot of discussion that we have on our uh, Saturday night show, because with guests and information and acquiring knowledge, it sometimes is difficult to get in all your calls. So this is incumtano open mic. Wednesday night and our number is 3478389852. For those of you who uh, are new to us, the best seats are at backslash That is where you can get your seat and join in with the our common ground chatters in our chat room. Here at Blog Talk Radio, and we are pleased to be able to invite you uh, to join along. Uh, for those of you who are listening through our call in line, I want to remind you that you can also come to blogtalkradio.com/OCG and check for our live streaming. And relieve your telephone line Your cell phone line Uh, All week we are Every day of the week 24 hours a day We are at www.ourcommonground.com And we want to remind you To join us on Facebook At OCG Talk Radio Also to join us on Twitter at Janice OCG, I am Janice, and I'll be listening for you tonight at open uh, mic night at three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two. And we are so pleased that you have decided to join us. Want to shout out to Marriage and Trials? Hello there, uh, who's just joined us in our chat room? In our Saturday night broadcast, we were talking about a number of things, and they included the whole idea of being over-policed and underprotected in our community, in our traditional communities. And when we say community, we're we're really not talking. We've always talked about um, during times of segregation, as well as times where there were physical uh, locations that could be identified where the majority of black people live. And today, as a result of migration from urban areas into the suburbs, migration from those traditional physical locations we now have um, to make a change in our reference about what we mean when we say black community. And, and, And I think that we also should have some belief that despite the physical being diluted, we are still a collection of people with a shared history, a shared cultural culture, meaning both political and spiritual beliefs. But the shared history is important, that we share a history that has essentially etched out issues, concerns, pains, and joy that we collectively share. So that's what I mean by uh, community. So on Saturday night when we were discussing the idea that we are over-policed and under-protected and the notion and my encouragement to you to make sure that you are participating, getting engaged in a moment where America has decided that it really does need to assess what our police departments are doing, that both in the reflection of police brutality, police misconduct, police corruption, and police killings under the banner of law. So we, we did a lot of discussion about that, and I'm encouraging you tonight here at Open Mic Night is to call in and give us, because we are about new solutions, new ideas, how we move forward on these issues, not just talking about the problematic nature of the issues, but exactly what the strategies Ought to be, and how we participate in the implementation of the plans that come out of those strategies. So at three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two, I encourage you to uh, call us to talk about what your notion is about how we both identify the ways in which we defund, which I am a proponent defund our police departments, transform them, and redefine them, and then reform them. Because as I highlighted on Saturday night, and I very intentionally did not have an expert guess, and you know that if you know our common ground, you know usually on Saturday night we have an expert guess, because I think that... Um, and I don't want to say this as a parochial, but knowledge is power. When you know what you should know, then you're able to critically analyze and then critically build an intelligent formula about solutions and ideas. Um, And we also talked about um, protections in terms of how many black people in this country, especially young black people, (coughs) disappear and families can't get the cooperation of the police departments to be able to do a proper and appropriate um, investigation and much of that is influenced by ideology of white supremacy, that somehow black people are not as valuable as other people. And so it doesn't matter whether the police is looking for your niece or your nephew or your, your uncle or your, or your sister. It doesn't become a priority so tonight I, I, I do want to continue to to look at that. But there are uh, another couple of things that I think we, we need to look at, um, continue to look at, and that is what in hell's bells are we going to do about this president? He can do a, a lot of damage between now and if he is not reelected in January 20th. But he can do a lot of damage between now and November third, and I think we need to um, talk about what kind of damage and whether or not we have the ability. I mean, uh, one of the things that that um, that is on my mind is that um, these suspects who in Imbue his crimin, criminality and his corruption. People like Bill Barr. A good example is that right now the ACLU is demanding a special counsel to probe into Barr's uh, over police assault on pro- prote- uh, protesters um, in a peaceful Black Lives Matter protesters in Washington, D.C., near the, the White House. And, we, and they are demanding that we need a full investigation. They sent a letter Tuesday morning urging Bill Barr, the U.S. Attorney General, and other Justice Department officials involved in the law enforcement uh, crackdown to recuse themselves from Any investigation And uh, we're going to see um, What happens here You know, Barr, I want to remind you That Barr last month denied ordering Law enforcement officials to push back The security perimeter outside the White House To clear the way for the president You remember when he took that walk over to St. John's Church for this photo op waving the Bible But uh, anonymous Justice Department officials, and I'm not going to say who because I ain't going to be in it, uh, are saying that Barr personally made the order. This is not something that somebody told me. This is an anonymous Justice Department because you forget that I spent 11 years there. Uh, person that Barr personally made the order that resulted in the violent crackdown on peaceful demonstrators. Um, so the ACLU, uh, Kate Ruan, uh who's a she's legislative counsel there or something like that. I'm not sure. Uh, don't hold me to it. That Barr and other official uh, administration officials apparently appear to have criminally conspired to violently attack lawful demonstrators, and all signs indicate that they have been engaged in a concerted cover-up. Uh, oh, c- cover-up effort. Cover-up is not new uh, to Bill Barr. We all know that. So uh, we want to talk some something about that. But there are some other things uh, about this criminal regime out of the White House that we need to talk about. Um, yesterday, a letter was sent, and it's called an intra-admin correspondence which means that certain people are getting this information and it's not something they're going to do, that they have done. It's something that they're going to do. They're thinking about it. It's like a think piece that goes around in the office. Everybody take a look at this and what do you think? And it has to do with the decrease of services and personnel and the U.S. Postal Service. Now, that ought to be a real concern, and we ought to panic around that, because you and I both know, if you've been listening to this show any time, and by the way, we're in our 19th year. um, No. uh, Our ninth year, whatever, I've forgotten already. I I took a look at it, and it said it on Blog Talk Radio. I also take a look at it and and put it in chat room. I don't know. Uh, for some reason, I was shocked at how many years we had been at Blog Talk Radio. But I have been talking about voter suppression. Imagine for a minute, if most states allow this is this is the sociopath Trump effort to jack hijack mail in voting, I don't think anyone would question what this is about. <clears throat> Imagine for a moment. All of the states who currently have, and I live in one of them, and the state that I just moved from recently, that state is uh, voting, I think, on Friday to allow um, mail in uh, ballots. So imagine for a moment all of the states in the United States that use allow that for citizen voting if the post office is not able to process the delivery of those ballots. That's some jacked-up, corrupt, criminal mess. And I don't know if the House, we certainly know that the Senate won't, but i'm not i do not know whether the house has the they have the jurisdiction they have the authority but i don't know if they have the power to stop it so that's a question that that that's something very clearly, clearly we need to to talk about because um it would be a, a game changer, an absolute game changer, and and I believe that the verified account hack at Twitter today was a test, a test to to be able to propagandize major figure accounts in Twitter. I don't think it was about Bitcoins because obviously um, if the hackers are collecting Bitcoins as a result, maybe you don't know what happened today. Maybe you're not tweet people. But today at on Twitter, verified count, accounts, if you've ever been on Twitter, th- those accounts which are have little – uh, blue checks next to the twitter 's handle, I used to have one, and i don 't know what happened to it uh, a long time ago when I first um, um, signed up for Twitter, I had one, and then it just went away i don 't know when it went away because I wasn 't a big Twitter user in the first three or four years that I was on that I had a Twitter account. But we're talking about accounts owned by Joe Biden, Elon Musk, um, uh, President Barack Obama, um, uh, the, the president of the founder of Microsoft. We're talking about some big hitters. So a tweet went out this morning from the hacked accounts asking for a donation, a matching donation for instance, in Barack Obama's, it said if you donate fifteen hundred bitcoins, I'll match it with two thousand. Well, that's a major, major uh, hacking move going on there. And it wasn't just them; it was Kanye West. It was it was everybody that had their check mark check marks next to their name. That includes major reporters and media and politicians of all kinds. And Twitter, uh, by the time Twitter figured out what had happened, $150,000 had been collected in Bitcoin by the hackers. Obviously, Bitcoin, currency um, agencies, Stopped it, and the hackers really didn't get very much money, and that is one of the reasons that I suspect that it is either uh, the GRU or G U G R U or it is some other arm of some intelligence agency. Because keep in mind when you when you hack this hack. Had to been by someone who had access to Twitter's main dashboard, which meant that you could tweet out to anybody who had a tweet, a, a Twitter account. So I'm I'm suspecting, and I don't know how you feel about it, and you can give us a call at three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two. That this was a test balloon around what's going to be happening two weeks before this election. There's going to be mass, mass misinformation. The other thing that I do want to ask you about uh, is um, if we can talk about what has occurred around Angela Davis this week. Uh, I don't know if you read Test that. <laughs> but it's around uh, 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 an article, uh, a piece that Angela Davis, the um, professor and activist, wrote this week and published, indicating that she is voting for Joe Biden And the Twitter world and the social media world went uh, a little bit crazy. And people were questioning whether she knew what she was talking about. Activists. I mean, I grew up in the era of Angela Davis. Some of the, the models that she used, except for the Marxists and communists but but keep in mind she was a radical activist that had no other vehicle in which she could articulate the radical nature of black struggle, which forced her at some point to have to figure out where do I go with this stuff where do I mean, she was talking some heavy political, historical political, contemporary political black liberation theory. She was teaching it in her classroom at Berkeley. But she had nowhere... I mean, the New York Times wasn't going to publish her stuff. If you said black power to the New York Times, that frightened them to death, and that, that was uh, for most major um, publications, including Ebony and Jet. They would They would carry her picture, but they wouldn't carry her theory, her radical theories about black liberation in America. That wasn't happening because she was connecting – the black liberation, liberation of black people with struggles and all globally. And American publications weren't hearing that, and that includes John Johnson at, at, at Johnson Publication. So they would, they loved to, to show pictures of her. They loved to show that she was a communist, that she had Marxist leanings, but they would not publish the clear thoughts and ideas about black struggle being a global struggle. So anyhow, a whole bunch of contemporary activists decided that Angela Davis didn't know what she was talking about. So David Ike Turner wrote a piece in Test Set Today, and it says, What do you know that lifelong civil rights activist, philosopher, and academic Angela Davis does not know? Okay. They asked that question. And I thought, I read the piece that Angela Davis wrote and I thought she explained all sides of why she was voting, why we should vote for Biden in November. And that, you know, um, the bottom line was the best choice isn't always your favorite and that's life. The stakes are too high. So... Um David Ike Turner wrote in Test Set today, by putting Biden up as the Democratic nominee, the DNC has slapped us all in the face. But another four years of Trump would be a shotgun gun blast to the belly. Which do you prefer, being slapped? are shot with the shotgun in the stomach. The lesser of two evils is all we have right now, and putting our heads in the sand will not improve the situation. There is nothing radical or revolutionary about aiding and abetting Donald Trump. Sitting out this election would be Exactly that. So I know Alpha is going to go for a frenzy in the chat room when he hears that. And And, you know, and the thing is we are just so easily dismissive. This woman went to prison. She was in jail because she called for black power. That was her crime. It was like spending 11 months in jail for being on a line out in the street calling for Black Lives Matter. But she was original. She was pioneering. She was brave, and she was defiant, and there is no question that she is one of the finest Political analysts in the world. In the world. When Winnie Mandela had to make decisions about what to do when Nelson Mandela was going to be released from prison, one of the first people he called was, and what she called was Angela Davis. She consulted with Angela Davis about the final fall of apartheid in South Africa. And now we got nitwits. I hate to call people names. I won't call people nitwits. We've got people who are thinking that somehow... It is revolutionary to say, I'm not going to vote for Joe Biden. Angela Davis doesn't know what she's talking about. But in my opinion, Davis stands as an example to all radicals that utilitarian approaches are often necessary and that there is no merit in ideological rigidity. That's what I'm saying about it. Who, You know, I really want, I don't know who's out there, and I don't know if you all have your children coloring at the table while you are listening to me, so I really try to keep my language clean. But, you know, I hope, I hope, you know, what we need to do at Our Common Ground, have a lesson in, in P. Latin Because <laughs> I really, you know what I want to say. Who are they? What sacrifices did they make? It's the same thing. You know, one of the things that that first got my attention to Angela Davis Actually, I went to a school thinking Angela Davis went there, and I was wrong. (laughs) Okay, okay. I really thought she she went to that school, and (coughs) so that's where I wanted to go. But anyway, Angela Davis, well-tested theoretician and philosopher, you know, it's just like uh, remember when we have Doctor Tommy J Curry here. Doctor Curry is a philosopher, and they specialize, like all philosophers, in certain areas of expertise. Which means, which means that they have investigated, researched, analyzed, synthesized, processed in the most relevant information about their area of expertise. That's what it means. So we've got these hard-headed folks. I mean, they're, they're one or two people that I saw that I really respect. Two of them have been on this program lending their voices to us about certain subjects. And they are proclaiming, I will never Biden people. Black people, never Biden people. Black people, never Biden people. Well, uh, as, as Alpha Lamented for months and months and months. Y'all keep talking about never Hillary and you're going to end up with Donald Trump. And what happened? He called it. He called it. So, you know, you can't. You can't wait until a nomination has been made. Where were these people? My question is, where exactly were these people when Kamala Harris, Cory Booker, Julio Castro, that other man, Pete whatever, and Amy whatever, uh, when all those people were on the stage vying for the nomination, where where were they then? Okay, so we invite your 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 comments about Angela Davis recommending highly that we go to the polls and we vote for Joe Biden and we support him um because it it's it's like this is what what I've been thinking about alpha you know how I think I've been thinking. That I would never, if somebody asked me to nominate a candidate for President of the United States, it would have never been Joe Biden. Because Joe Biden and I still have not resolved our issues from the way in which he mis- intentionally mismanaged the um, testimony of Anita Baker. Uh, not Anita Baker. Oh God. In the in the in the Clarence Thomas nomination Senate nomination hearing. Somebody help me. Anita not Anita Baker. Anita Baker is a song. I mean it's a is a singer. It's a vocalist. A very fine vocalist at that. Um, so um I might have to get up and go over to my bookcase to remember her name, but I think most of you know who I'm talking about. So uh, he and I have never resolved our issues regarding that. Um, and as I have said on these airwaves many, many times in my, in my other profession, uh, I have worked very closely with Elizabeth Warren, who has never disappointed. And you know I only work on issues that are hard. Uh very hard issues. Um so you had all these people. I forgot some of the others, uh Pete and then the man from Texas, the um so um I, I think that we all know that his candidacy is not is lacking is faulty, but we didn't do anything about that. The other is that the there's a Democratic establishment. I am neither a registered Democrat. Oh, oh I can't say that anymore. Up until I moved to Florida. I was never ever a registered registered in either of the parties major parties. I was always an independent voter in Massachusetts. they acknowledge and respect independent voting in Florida. They do not so when I moved to Florida, I decided the best thing for me to do was to register under the Florida Democratic banner because my vote essentially would never be counted because that's how it goes in Florida. So I think that whatever party affiliation that you have, and if, if the Democratic, we have to acknowledge that the Democratic establishment had one thing in mind when it put its eggs in Joe Biden's basket and that is that he would be able to win the Democratic vote in places where other candidates would not. I mean you can argue the point. You can you can argue the point. But it has happened and we did nothing about it and nobody made any, any major noises and now all the noise is about whether or not, and that's another question. You can call us and, and talk to us. Our number is three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two. The the discussion and the discourse about whether Joe Biden should have a a black woman. Because see, I don't use I don't use those terms like people of color. Nobody was born a people of color. Let's just put that aside. African American. You're you're of descent of the, of the you're an American who is of the descent of the African diaspora, black. You are a descendant of of people who were enslaved in the American slave system. That's how I do it. You can call me and argue with me about that, too. But anyway, you probably won't be able to change my mind about that one. <laughs> but, but here here is the idea that people are arguing about. Should it be Kamala Harris? I have my ideas about that. Um, I never worked with Kamala Harris, so I, I don't have any idea. But I do know what her track record in California, as the US, as the state attorney general, um, should it be Stacey Abrams? Should it be Val Demings of Florida? Should it, Barbara Lee has come up uh, in the last month. I did not hear her name prior to that. Barbara Lee has uh, been a stellar representative of Black interests. As a member of the House of Representatives I think Kamala Harris um, Has raised issues appropriately For black America Um, And and by the way, Kamala Harris is not black She's African American It's just like Barack Obama Barack Obama was not black He's African American Um, Michelle Obama is black. That's how I break it down. Our number is three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two. If you'd like to talk with about any of those issues or or anything that's that's on your mind, we're gonna take a break at the top of the hour. But um the other thing that I think I have not, you know, this program, this broadcast is a service to my community. And um, I I am often obsessed with the idea of how it can serve you. And I don't think that I've paid too much attention to the idea of how people are living, isolating, quarantining, coping with this COVID-19 pandemic. Because I am a person who spent so many years traveling, so many years coming home, 8, 30, 9 o'clock at night, almost every day, um, uh, who went to meeting, community meetings and political meetings and government meetings at night, that to me, being able to stay home is a blessing and a joy so, um, the idea, and I also am one of those people uh that I enjoy a certain amount of me time um, I know I spend a lot of time on telephone, I spend a lot of time on zoom um but I enjoy and that's one of the reasons and you can really hurt yourself trying to find me time in your life um one of the reasons that I feel like my life uh my life of peace and 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 downtime didn't even start until eleven twelve o'clock at night uh actually midnight, and so I spend a lot of I, I spend most nights. Bedtime for me is around two thirty, three o'clock in the morning. Don't try to call me at that time. For those of you who call me, I, it's a me time. It's a downtime. So since I have been retired and living in Florida, um, I also enjoy uh, rides. I mean, it was nothing when I lived in Boston to get in the car and decide I'm going to drive down to Providence or I'm going to drive to Manchester, which is in New Hampshire. Uh, I'm going to drive to, uh, to Hartford because New England has some beautiful, beautiful, um, wonderful roadways. And here, um, drive along the beach passing along by Mar Lago. <laughs> it is so it 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 you can even look at that building those buildings and tell they are so gaudy. But so <clears throat> I haven't spent I think enough time thinking about talking about with you about how you are coping. We've been talking about the stats who dying, how what the hospitals are doing and the health workers but we really have not talked very much about the idea of how you're doing. So in the second hour, I'm going to walk you through uh, a COVID-19 stress test, um, so that you can give yourself a sense of uh, what it, what you're really experiencing. I do miss my family. Um, I miss my grandchildren bounding up the steps and getting going. First thing they do is go into the refrigerator and making a whole bunch of noise and everybody's checking their phone and checking their tablet and checking whatever. Um, And I'm sure there are those of you out there who are trying to figure out how we make it because I am uh, pretty much concluded that this is not going to be over in January we're going to be in this probably until next, next summer from everything that I've been reading and you all know that I read everything that's not tacked down or somebody snatches out my hand and says, that's not yours so um, I think that we need to do a check. And uh in accord with, with those kinds of thoughts that I've had over the last couple of days, uh on Satur on Saturday, this Saturday on our common ground, we're gonna be doing we're gonna be talking about mel- mental wellness and health therapies with uh Brandon Jones, who in my mind, who is a psychotherapist and who in my mind has done more work and concentration on the mental wellness of black people in and the consideration of transgenerational trauma. And uh, I'm really pleased I have been um, Watching his work, reading his work, looking at his work for for a number of years, and uh, I think that uh, you will enjoy that program. So I invite you to join join with me with Brandon Jones on Saturday night. For those of you who are new, we are always here at ten o'clock. I think serious thinkers are just settling down. The kids are in the bed in the bed by now, or dead into. Uh, in summer vacation did into a movie or thinking they're left with a movie and the movie's watching them. And that you can grab, uh, you've cleaned the kitchen and you can grab a drink because that's how we roll at Our Common Ground. And um, uh, next Wednesday night I'm going to be talking about liquor. Um, and uh, (laughs) not uh, the whole program, but we're going to be talking about... My my father was um, in the liquor business, and I learned a lot about different scotches and vodkas and gins and how they were made and distilled, how they're distributed, the whole nine yards. And I took that into my adult Life and I became uh, a bourbon drinker. My grandmother drank bourbon, and and my father drank bourbon. But I became a Scotch drinker, and I'm a single malt uh, Scotch drinker, and I have tried them all. So we're gonna talk a little about that. But that's next Wednesday night. But Saturday night, Brandon Jones is gonna be with us, and we're gonna take a break. And our number is three four seven eight three eight nine eight five. Uh, two, three, four, seven, eight, three, eight, nine, eight, five, two. And you can always write to us at OCG Info at OurCommonGround.com. And give us some recommendations. Give us some feedback. Uh, things you would like. Um, people you would like to hear on our show. We'll be right back
2: time for all good men to get together with one another. We got to iron out our problems and iron out our quarrels and try to live as brothers. And try to find peace within without stepping on one another. And do respect to women. better man but with the kindness that we give. i know we can make it i know that we can i know oh yeah. can yes, we get out can can yes, we can can I can't, if
0: we you're listening you to our common ground with Janice Graham.
2: Yeah. i know we can make it, it's hard, it's hard. Oh, i hope we can make a draw. Uh-huh. wake up the entire african-american community to the hidden issue of mental health it showed up in my life through
3: one of my best friends and we've been friends for over 30 years
2: one story at a time if we would have known earlier you know we would have been more much more supportive with her once i reached out to my sister it got a little better once i told my mother it got a little better the more i talked about it I felt it coming off. The healing is in me and the healing in the journey can also be extended to others. It's our community and our mental health. Giving voice to what you're feeling is part of the healing. If you're strong enough to just open your mouth, that's all it takes. And the most revolutionary and healing thing that black people can do right now is to love one another. It's time to share ourselves. Healing starts with us. A message from the US Department of Health and Human Services the Ad Council, and the Stay Strong Foundation. You're listening to True
4: Quotes Network,
2: The Alpha Show. I want to know why I'm fine one minute and the next. My body aches so bad I can't move. I want to know why my hair is falling out. I'm only 17. I'm tired all the time. Now, this rash. I just want to know what's going on. When you don't have the right answers, it may be time to ask your doctor the right question. Could I have lupus? For answers, for support, for hope, visit lupus.gov or call 1-800-994-9662. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Office on Women's Health and the Ad Council and save us from the madness, and save us from the madness, and save us from the madness. This is Our Common Ground. Thank you for joining us tonight. Transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. Stay tuned. Our common ground. With Janice Graham. Our common ground. Our common ground. Speaking truth to power and ourselves. (laughs) woo <laughs>
3: I'll be listening for you. And thank you for being here with us on In Contano Open Mic Wednesday night at Our Common Ground. Our number is three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two. We have dedicated this episode of Our Common Ground on Wednesday night for your calls, and we on I am listening for you. Uh, One of the things that uh, I do want to bring up is this whole idea that the Trump administration and the GOP, along with him, um, calling for the uh, full opening and Betsy DeVos, who is so incompetent and unskilled and ill-prepared in her job as secretary of education, I came across um an article in Bloomberg um and, well it wasn't an article, it was the editorial opinion in Bloomberg about um the COVID nineteen um, uh racial disparities and um one of the things that it says in it is COVID nineteen um uh, kids who have been infected with the cor- 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 coronavirus develop a potentially fatal condition that brings fever, shock, and organ failure. For some reason, this rare multisystem inflammatory syndrome affects black children at significantly higher rates than white children. And so I I think that we we really ought to be concerned about having children um, returning to schools with with not enough scientifically-led preparation for children to go to schools. Now, I'm speaking as a grandparent. I don't have children in public school, but I do have grandchildren, one who is a college freshman and one who is in the third grade. Um, Shout out to Mason Turner, now in the third grade. But particularly in the states where this pandemic is surging, Almost one-third of Florida children tested are positive for the coronavirus. And I'm, 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 I'm just going to say it. Uh, looking at the Florida data indicates that out of 54,000 Florida children tested, 31% have returned positive results on average. This is a staggering figure. And we ought to join with health experts who fear that this can cause potential long life damage in children. And we know, I know Lucille and, and Greta are out there, we know that our schools are not ready They don't have the money, the resources, nor do they have, they employed the science of preparing school physical uh, facilities, school personnel, teachers, and other support personnel, school buses, drivers, and whether or not, especially elementary and junior high school schoolers, are the developmentally able to cope with what they need to do in order to keep themselves safe I don't know what you think and that, and there are lots of people and and I agree our children need to be back in school but I'm not in agreement that we ought to be sacrificing them to an environment That has not been prepared For them to be safe And you know the, the the Trump administration But they're a bunch of cretins anyway The Trump administration is saying Well there'll be some sacrifices Do you want your child to be the sacrifice? I don't want my grandchildren To be the sacrifice Baron Trump won't be the sacrifice the Trump grandchildren won't be the sacrifice, so I, I think that we, and 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 again here, just as in the Angela Davis case and the Joe Biden voting for Joe Biden, never Joe Biden people, I've seen some well-respected Black voices out there who are saying, yes, we should open the schools. Um. Our children haven't been safe from a lot of things uh, in our public schools because we have not always had the right personnel in place who care about them. Most of you may be aware that the public schools in this country are mostly segregated did you know that? Okay. They're they're mostly segregated at this point. And aside from that, we can't protect we're letting people out of prison for fear of this pandemic. But we're sending children in ill-equipped environments back to school. number is 347-838-9852. And I know House, Lo- House Music you are out there and you're going to wait until five minutes before I'm ready to sh- we get to close and call in. You better call in now and have your say. 347-838-9852. How many of you are in support of opening the schools. But there are some options that I think we haven't thought through. For instance, if we look at, and I'll take the third graders, (laughs) you could take the 10th graders. If we have all third graders who are in feeding into a particular school, why can't we plan something by neighborhood, smaller groups? I mean, at some schools are talking about some kids—the kids whose last name is A through D—they come to school on Monday. The people who D, E through through H—they come to school on Tuesday. That that makes no sense. That's not meeting. The goal, okay, so what we have here is Angela Davis, the criminal uh, transnational criminal uh, criminal regime out of the White House um, we're still talking about racial health disparities, how you're coping with um, uh, the isolation, and the stress of the pandemic. Our number is three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two, and we're welcoming RB1 into our chat room. Thank you for joining us. 773, you're on the air. I respect you. Thank you for your call. Alpha I know that's you. Uh,
4: no, it's not.
3: Okay, that's Alpha trying to get his head set and his Bluetooth speaker or whatever he has to do, all his machinations. How are you, Alpha? I'm
4: okay, Janice. How are you?
3: You you sound like you're down in a hole.
4: Can you turn your oh, mic up a little bit? I I there, you there you go.
2: There you go.
3: I know it was, I, I told you. This is Alpho who is former host of the Alpha show and he is uh part of the staff at our common ground media. He he always uh, uh got to do his microphone, his
2: his his what do you call it? Earbuds, whatever.
3: What's on your
4: mind tonight, Alpho? Well, you were talking about, uh, you were talking about this were Alpha, I can hear your TV. Two, I can hit my TV on it. I am in another, another room. I've got to uh, have that turned down, so I'm not here at okay. all.
5: Let
4: me see it right there. Okay, I
3: can hear you now, just, just so you... Up your microphone
4: Okay well I'm simply saying You were speaking about The uh, children going back to school And everybody Is talking about Now the big question is Are The schools Are the children ready Are the schools ready Is the environment ready The schools aren't ready the environment is not ready. But now you everybody wants to howl and bellyache about that. They should have been howling and bellyaching about reopening the government. And these Republicans who opened their government at the whim of Donald Trump and have allowed this pandemic to just explode, And you still have these fools out there talking about they have a right not to wear a mask. They have a right to uh, do do as they please. It's only because we did not holler loud enough about the pandemic and the ramifications of opening too soon. Now they open too soon and the first thing that the Republican governors want to say is well it's not bad. This is the worst question that you could have. but
3: You know when we talk about opening up too soon we really didn't ever close down.
4: Well well of course not. Well, of course not, but opening up too soon was a should have been the battle cry. It's too soon to open up. Look at all of the other places throughout the world who have conquered this and have gone on about their business without shutting down their economy and destroying their economy. Not us. Not us because Donald Trump from day one his goal has been to make this pandemic spread and explode. And once this pandemic spreads and explodes he understood that it's killing people of color at a higher rate than it's killing white folks. He understood that The more chaos That he sows The more chaos There'll be And I'm simply saying We don't set the table And protect Against these fools Who are making these decisions And now they're trying to How do I say it They're trying to Make Dr. Fauci The fall guy Here's Trump lying on him Saying most of the things That he was saying uh, Were false Well that's not true So We just got a lot of Traffic here So you have to You have to take this You have to take this with a grain of salt well, well let me don't. ask you a
3: question. Many people many people are concerned, especially around a statement that you just made, and that is he wanted uh, the pandemic to explode because he knew um, that it would affect, you call it people of color, but I think you're talking about black and brown people.
4: Um people
3: many people are reluctant to uh, agree with that kind of discussion of that kind of uh, premise. Um and, and I'm not talking about the Trumpers. I'm talking about people who are not Trumpers and who are not supporters of of uh, Donald Trump, um, the sociopath. Um and, and and there's a specific uh, One of the reasons that people Dismiss that premise Is because they believe That he really does not have The int- intellectual Capacity To have processed What it meant by Pandemic
4: You see that's the difference I don't care what his intellectual properties are. I don't care what he thinks he it as pure, or pure And You can't be sympathetic to what he thinks or how he thinks or what he wants. You have to go in and slay this dragon and come on out. And that's what Democrats are. Reluctant to do it. You can't have You can't have it both ways You can't be angry At what he does And then When he does it You get pissed stuff It just it, it Don't work like that Look at the Look at the uh, Ads Look at the campaign ads That uh, The Lincoln Project Is running they're running some very effective, very vicious right down to the core. Of the ad. Not one Democrat has come up with an ad like the people at the Lincoln Project and that's because they're Republicans, and they know how to get down in the dirt and get down in the dirt first and bring you down in the dirt with them. all of these people who don't want to fight like that who don't want to campaign like that you have one thing that will happen you will lose and that's what they've done for so many years that's what they've done from from the time Bush stole the election in 2000 and and, uh, Gore backed off For the good of the country, Uh, how much good do you do do us in a seven trillion dollar war that we're still in in Afghanistan? Then we bring it across. As far as Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton was not my first choice. I held my nose and I voted for her. The seventy-five, seventy-seven thousand 77,000 votes in the three states that put Donald Trump in the white, should have served as a warrant. And then when he gets into the White House, the next day, all of the people are in the street. all of the All women of the people are what? Are in the
3: streets. All of
4: what? All uh-huh. of the people are in the street. The day after it was on the 21st it had the big marches all over the country. People in the streets oh hell, you can't do anything about that for another four years. And you didn't have enough courage in the Senate to evict it. That should be something else if they're found. they Republicans have courage, we would not be in this pandemic as deep as we are. If they had the, the courage to remove them, we would not be as deep in this pandemic as we are right now. And you yeah, can't. absolutely right.
3: And blood is on the hands. Of these complicit traitors in the the um, in the um, Republican um, the GOP.
4: You think it's But guess what? I
5: know
4: what you have going to say,
3: Last night, Trump's candidate won. The Republican nomination for Senate in Alabama against Jeff
4: Sessions. And he was the first one to endorse Donald Trump. Yeah, but the thing is,
3: the thing is that Jeff Sessions is a replica of the Republican National Committee, but not of the GOP.
5: He's
4: the old guard. And guess what? He's going to steamroll the hell out of Joe
5: Jones, yep.
4: the Democratic Senator. There's no yep. way he holds that seat. We can only hope to pick up five other seats in Iowa, in Maine, North Carolina, in Colorado, in Arizona. We can only hope to pick up those seats to get Mitch McConnell out of making the minority leader, and you see. Yeah, but big, let me let problem. me
3: ask you about let me ask you about Jones of Alabama. Do you think that?
4: Going down.
3: Yeah, but but do you think that there's a possibility that the contingency? Of people who put him there Are going to Able to What's the guy's name Tuperville Or Tuberville Or whatever
4: Tuperville Tommy
5: Tuperville
4: He was the head coach For Auburn He was the head football coach For Auburn George Jones Don't have a chance He's got about as much chance As uh Yeah but My question
3: My question to you also is Whether or not The contingency that Put Doug Jones In the Senate Will be able to Organize in the same way that They organized to put him there
4: No And And When I say no as confident as I am about no they won't come out for him the black females put Doug Jones in that Senate will not show up because now Tupperville is an unknown he's a threat but they're too stupid to realize they won't. They won't stand up and come out and give and them a good fight. Doug Jones is toast. toast. Yeah, but I'm I'm the
2: still
4: not understanding. What?
3: Is... Why you think the contingency of black women who worked for um, uh, Bob uh, Jones? Jones where Doug Jones, I'm sorry, won't come back and support him again.
4: Well, let me put it like this. Doug Jones got into that seat and I don't know if you remember by the numbers of how narrow a victory he had and it reflected the numbers of the Republicans simply were not going to vote for a pedophile. They were not going okay. to vote for a Okay, So
3: that's a factor. That's a factor. That's, that's a, factor. a huge
4: factor. To yeah. me, that's yeah. a huge factor. They're not yeah. coming out.
3: Let me get your comments. Let me get your comments, Alpha, on this idea that the White House is now demanding that all data regarding uh, coronavirus uh, cases and hospitalizations and deaths go to HHS instead of the CDC and how the White House is now trying to sideline um, the CDC.
4: Well, that is a Putin move. That is controlling the information highway. You can put out as much disinformation as you want if nobody's there to tell the truth. Look at the number of people the undercounting in Florida, the the dead, the number of infections. Look at the undercount. They will do anything. He put Mike Pence in charge. Remember, he did all of the pandemic information. Goes through my Pence so he can control the narrative, so he can control the information, and goes out. And if he can control the information, what does anybody else got to say? You have to be a damn fool to believe anything that comes out of this White House. Number, my first, my biggest concern is. Anytime time he, Trump, tries to uh, reject someone who says something or call someone who criticizes him a liar, the only thing he can say is, who are you going to believe, me or a 20,000 liar? A man who was lied twenty thousand times in that office. There was a what was his name? Lewandowski, Trump's first campaign manager.
2: Yeah. When he
4: testified when he testified before Congress, it was as contentious and as get the hell out of here. You can't tell me a damn thing as you wanna get. And one of his statements one of his state statements I don't have uh, I don't have The the responsibility to tell you the truth He doesn't have the responsibility To tell the truth To the public And that comes from Donald Trump That comes from their campaign They don't need to tell the truth They don't have to tell the truth them not telling the truth it's not violating any law. So what they do is simply lie and lie and lie. Yeah,
2: yeah.
4: Until until the stench of lies reaches every the bottom of everybody's nose. And that's the that's the problem we have. You well, you know the
3: bo- the bottom line yeah, is, and by the way, Trump today demoted Brad Pascal, his campaign manager, um,
2: he, and he that was around
3: that. that fiasco. That was around that fiasco in Tulsa where nobody showed up. Well, uh, <laughs> so, and that was that Brad Pascal's fault. No,
4: it wasn't. But Brad Parscale is a grifter. A life just like Trump, and Trump can't stand someone stealing from him. Brad Pascal has basically made a fortune fortune off of running this damn thing. And Donald Trump and the boys have just realized, and it's, it's a pathetic. It's pathetic. We well, have I to. think
3: the whole country is pathetic, and today a poll was taken, and 72% of Americans believe that this country is on the wrong track. But I believe that this country, that Donald Trump has done so much damage to this country that uh, it has changed the very fabric and some things we will not be able to rescue. Well,
4: it's not so much we won't be able to rescue. You have to ask yourself is Joe Biden up to rescinding all of his executive orders and basically making his one term president? Uh, yeah. Rejection but when you think when, he,
3: when you think about what's going to happen, when you think about what's going to happen in August, September, and October, as he controls these numbers, as he controls a number of things, um, and does more damage, and the propaganda machine continues to roll, like his mischaracterization of what police uh, the call for defunding police departments. Um, as an example, hey, also, thank you for your call and um we'll just continue to watch, continue to watch six six one you're on the air. Thank you for your call six six one well, I guess six six one went away. Hello. 661, going once, going twice.
6: Can you hear me? Hello?
3: Yes, I can. Thank you. Yes, I can hear you.
6: No, my earpiece is dying out.
3: Yeah, that's Albo's excuse. It's always an excuse.
5: (laughs) You're on hold forever,
3: and you're you're on hold for, for eight minutes and you can't get your earpiece together. How
6: are Dumb, you tonight? man. I'm like, are you, you, and I'm real stickling on that. I have a radio network myself, When I go going once, going twice. You're going to the next call. I'm great. <laughs> uh, I, I know how that is, man. You got a lot of callers on, and then some people, when they get on the line, they take up the airspace. They have nothing to say, and then some people, they have so much to say, you can't fit it into one show, and I'm going to let you be the judge okay. of that. Um, just to Which give is you a little why background, we are on
3: here on Wednesday night.
6: Yeah, it's actually actually Winning Team Wednesday. I'm, I'm pastor, Don Jr., CEO. I've been in business for over 23 years, and I've been a pastor for over 17 years. And
5: what's going uh-huh. on
6: is um, the election year is just like the purge. All this weird stuff is happening, and it's not by chance. It's like we get all this money, they lock out the states, and gas goes down to $2 a gallon, and we can't go anywhere. All we can be doing is desensitize from all the different media outlets about what's not going right, how it can be fixed, and who's not doing what. But at the end of the day, the cure to the virus is us doing the stuff that we were supposed to taught when we was coming up. My mama always said, if you, get, uh, if you get out of the bathroom, you wash your hands. Don't cough on your friends. Cover your mouth. All these things are common sense situations. And with them being common sense, we don't want um, to get lost in assaults. We don't want to let anybody uh, break our strides. We know that we unify our communication. We can answer the questions that's not asked, and we can have a a refuge. But if we don't start somewhere, we will never get anywhere. So having these healthy conversations, these open platforms, sometimes it's good for me to be a fly on the wall to hear how people think. Now, me personally, uh, I feel like it's history repeating itself. The same stuff happened in the Bible when the angel of death was floating around in people's houses. The ones who had their house covered by the blood of the lamb, they didn't get fact that they didn't see any harm or danger. But if you didn't have the blood of the lamb, it, it was curtains, you know. It was it was a plague, and it was definitely a plague. And I'm not saying that we as a community didn't cause us and bring us on ourselves. We're the only country, and I'm speaking personally about America, we're the only country that goes hunting on full stomach. So ideally, it's not just one. Yeah. All of yes. It got to the point where, we do need to wear masks, but it's crazy at the point when we're supposed to be wearing masks and these viruses is at. It's pinnacle, there's rise and everybody is forgetting about the social distancing, and they all in the same area. And now we got all these different outbreaks. So it's mm-hmm. a lot that goes on mm-hmm. that we don't look at on a whole big picture. We just focus on one person being shot. But the police kill millions of people every day, you know, um, and, and because they're licensed to kill people. They don't really look into the killings, and because people don't have, uh, we always said when we was in jail, uh, if people don't have people working out for you on the outside, when you go and get locked up, it's hard to get stuff done because you're locked up. You, you get what I'm yep. saying? So that—that's yep. my take on yep. it. You know. Um,
2: okay.
3: I'm
6: here. I'm gonna well, be here for, for the whole for show. Well, for
2: your
3: call. Uh, I do as my grandmother you. used to say, you, you um, I, I highlight your comment about history repeating itself. And um, uh, during the plague um, of um, uh, 1918, uh, an ad was put in the paper in the New York Times that said, all persons, children and adults, are required to stay inside to wear a mask when you have to go outside but you only can go outside if uh, you are wearing a mask so we have to learn from history because history matters and not repeat it in the same way that we are thank you so much for your call and you you join us on saturday and wednesday night at any time and i will invite your call Four one five, you're on the air. Thank you for your call. Four one five.
6: Yes, this is Omer from San Francisco calling in. For the show. how are you doing tonight?
3: I'm good. How are you out on there, West Coast?
6: I'm down here, are We still, we still doing our thing. We trying to get that uh get this movement together, you know what I'm saying? And just on music and stuff like that and dealing with the uh our social issues basically. So so I'm T a TV, a radio uh radio podcast host and a rapper from San Francisco. So
2: oh well,
3: that's, we're that's we're plan. glad that you have joined us. Maybe in your rapping you can Kind of summarize some of Some of these uh, Some of these thoughts uh, To help us move Forward Well I appreciate your call I've got to go some I've got to go some other callers um, So before we wrap up here Tonight But um, please um, You know Continue to organize Agitate Organize Agitate And learn Um, So that we can move forward I want to see a lot more rappers Rapping about reparations And reconciliation And retribution Those are some good words for you As a rapper (laughs) You take care of yourself And be safe out there And all of you who are listening Be safe Yeah say it again
2: Reparations
3: Reparations Retribution and Reconciliation There you go, there you go. That's
6: okay. all, don't, There's nothing else to be said There you go, you said it all
3: <laughs> It's all the, it all the road to liberation, my brother All the road to all liberation right. Okay, thank I'm you very me. much but Out there in San Francisco, wrapping up a storm 111, Mike, thank you for your call Here you are
7: Hi how you doing? I'm Tony. First I want to say hello to Alpha. I used to call his show and it's cool <laughs> to see him again. I don't know what don't happened. I, I don't him? know we Yeah, I, I I I lost I lost track of him and I, it's it's wonderful to hear him again. I'm glad he's all right. I, I thought something might have happened. You know, I didn't know. And and uh, you did have some uh I'm glad-
3: challenges.
7: Yeah, well, I'm sorry to hear that, but I'm really happy to see him out there, and 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 he's right on target as usual. I just wanted to say that um, I agree um, uh, with a lot of what he was saying. I don't, I don't know what you were saying. Biden's not going to be the answer here. Biden is going to be the placeholder here. You know, that's all he's going to do. The Democratic Party needs to get themselves together. They're a shadow. Of what they should be, they're not the, Kennedy, the John Kennedy party. They're not a, a Teddy Roosevelt or a FDR party. Uh, they're not where they need to be, and and uh, Trump is a nightmare. And um, they're going to have to, uh, you know, take hold now. But that but there needs to be some people who stand up and who start to run this thing and say, I don't really care. What anybody's saying, this is what we're going to do. Because right now, you've got too many people caring too much about what everybody else is saying and cancel culture and all of this nonsense. It's too stupid. And it has to be, this is the way we're going, equality for all, we're going to take it this way, and that's just the way it's going to be. It's not going to be some psychopath who says, I don't care about nothing. It needs to be somebody who stands up and says, I care about it all, and I'm going to take you down that road. The reason people have followed Donald Trump was because he shows a charisma, if you will, a lack of better word, please. I, I understand. I don't make you throw up, but I mean, still, he has that kind of energy about him that sort of sort of shows that he um, doesn't you know, care. He's just, he's just one of those guys. He's going to do it his way and he's a maverick and he's the Duke and he's going to come at you. He's got that kind of attitude about him. Unfortunately, the reason he's got the attitude is because he's a psychopath. We need that attitude, a, a Teddy Roosevelt. It's
3: not charisma. Say again? It's, it, it's not charisma. It's mob behavior.
7: Right. Okay. You're, you, can, you can put it that way. But what I'm saying is we need a, a, a charisma, uh, like a Teddy Roosevelt type of charisma, uh, uh, that, that, and that's what people are really looking for That's why they went for him to begin with Because they're looking for that kind of an attitude Of somebody who says I really do care And I'm going to make it right And we don't have yeah. it right yeah. now And the Democrats yeah. need to make it happen You know, that's all I'm saying Yeah,
3: we need someone who's going to Ignite a new aspiration For this country
7: Absolutely
3: um, and, and you're right, Joe Biden Isn't it But at the same time, Joe Biden isn't a sociopath. Uh, Joe Biden has a certain arrogance to him, but he's a nice guy and people will vote for him. (laughs)
7: Yes, he is. And and, and Joe Biden also, he is a wonderful guy. And Joe Biden also is a very knowledgeable man. And it's not a question uh, of of having that and him not being able to do the job because he can do the job. And don't misunderstand what I'm saying there. I mean, he is capable. Trump is a complete maniac. And Biden is a very, very capable man. And he'll He'll make everything okay with the allies and everything around, and he'll take care of business, but he's not the answer or the solution to the problem. The Democrats, and that's not just, and that's not just Biden. The Democrats, Pelosi, all of them, they need to get themselves on a path that says, this is the way it's going to be. This is the way we're going to do it. And damn it, that's all there is going to be to it. And we're going to take care of everybody. And it's going to be that way. Not, we're going to stick our finger in, the, in 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 our mouths and wait for a poll to come along right. to see where everybody's feeling. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. You're 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 right. I, I, you know, I. The thing that is most disappointing is that we don't have a base, a political, uh, ideological, political base that favors influences. The Democratic Party We just simply don't yeah. People are all over the place And one of the things That we do need to have Is an understanding I don't know if you caught our show The Price and the Playbook No, um, no, no I'm
7: sorry, sure I didn't
3: Yeah, which was last Last month sometime And we were talking with Dr. James Taylor Who's the head of the political science department At the University of San Francisco and one of the things that we said is that we've got to be ready to usher in the legislative and policy issues and demand and challenge that a Joe Biden administration addresses Mm
2: -hmm. and
3: I hope that will happen Hey, thank you for your call, and thank you for listening tonight. And I hope you'll join us on Saturday night because we're going to be having a big bowl of mental wellness going on at our (laughs) common ground because, you know, um, I think that people are stressing out on a number of levels. But one of the things that I am concerned about are the people who feel that they have no power that there is no opportunity for um, for uh, empowerment, and they're just going along and hoping things happen. They don't know yeah. what those things are, uh, but they do know what they need and what their communities need. Thanks for your call, and uh, oh, we hope you'll always join us. This is Our Common Ground. We'll be right back, and when we come back we're going to be Looking at the system that is going to, how the system works, and and taking a look from Doctor, one of my friends, Doctor um, Cornel West. Um, stay with us; we'll be right back.
0: Thank you for joining us at our common ground with Janice Graham.
2: Because our society is only as strong as all its individuals. The United Negro College Fund has helped educate thousands of doctors and researchers. But we need more. Thousands of architects and engineers. But we need more. Thousands of teachers and biologists. But we need more. And when disease, injustice, pollution, poverty, and countless other problems threaten to pull us apart, We had better educate every single person with the potential to solve our problems. And to educate more people, we need more of your help. Give to the United Negro College Fund. With so much at stake, a mind is a terrible thing to waste.
8: You can't trust this president to do the right thing, not for one minute, not for one election, not for the sake of our country. You just can't. He will not change, and you know it. History will not be kind to Donald Trump. I think we all know that. Not because it will be written by never-Trumpers, but because whenever we have departed from the values of our nation, we have come to regret it and that regret is written all over the pages of our history. If you find that the House has proved its case and still vote to acquit, your name will be tied to his with a cord of steel and for all of history. He has betrayed our national security. He has compromised our elections and he will do so again. You will not change him. You cannot constrain him. Truth matters little to him. What's right matters even less and decency matters not at all.
0: This is Our Common Ground with Janice Graham, transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time.
3: And thank you for being with us. Uh, we want to thank our callers, Alfo, and our rapper from San Francisco, and our pastor who's talking about uh, how we are on the path to repeating history. History matters, and we we suggest that all of you do some studying of history, especially of the plague of um, nineteen eighteen to understand how this how differently um, this particular plague this is a plague, and the pastor didn't make that that comment, and also uh, we want to thank our caller who is suggesting that um our president is insufficient and we need a president that is wholly su- sufficient uh, to carry us forward Here, uh, take a take a listen to this and we'll talk about it on the other side
9: in deep sadness because you know I've been trying to bear witness for over 53 years uh, telling the truth and trying to say something uh, about the uh, least of these but I think we are witnessing America as a failed social experiment and what I mean by that is that the history of black people for over 200 and some years in, in, in America has been looking at America's failure its capitalist economy could not generate and deliver in such a way that people could live lives of decency the nation-state its criminal justice system its legal system could not generate protection of rights and liberties. And now our culture of course is so market driven everybody for sale everything for sale it can't deliver the kind of the kind of really real nourishment for soul for meaning for purpose. And so when you get this perfect storm of all of these multiple failures at these different levels of the American empire. And Martin King already told us about that when I saw those pictures there in Atlanta um, you could see Martin right there in Atlanta saying, I told you about militarism. I told you about poverty. I told you about materialism. I told you about racism and all of its forms, whatever forms it takes. I told you about xenophobia. And what we've seen in America is now these chickens coming home to roost. You're reaping what you sow. And in this instant, you have Brother George where it is so clear it is a lynching at the highest level. Nobody can deny it. And I thank God that we have people in the streets. Can you imagine this kind of lynching taking place? And people are indifferent. People don't care. People are callous. You have just a few people out there with signs. I recall the moments in which during the Reagan years, there was a few of us out there. In the 60s, you had masses out there. Now you've got a younger generation of all of these different colors and genders and sexual orientations saying, we won't take it any longer. But you know what's sad about it, though, brother, at the deepest level? It looks as if the system cannot reform itself. We've tried black faces in high places. Too often our black politicians, professional class, middle class, become too accommodated, too, the capitalist economy, too accommodated to the militarized nation-state, too accommodated to the market-driven culture tied with celebrity status, power, fame, all of that superficial stuff that means so much to so many fellow citizens. And what happens? What happens is we got a neo-fascist gangster in the White House who really doesn't care for the most part. You got a neoliberal wing of the Democratic Party that is now in the driver's seat with the, with the collapse of Brother Bernie. And they don't really know what to do because all they want is show more black faces, show more black faces. But oftentimes these black faces are losing legitimacy, too, because the Black Lives Matter Mm. movement emerged under a black president, black attorney general, and black homeland security, and they couldn't deliver, you see? So that when you talk about the masses of black people, the precious poor and working class black people, poor and working class brown, red, yellow, whatever color, they're the ones who are left out and they feel so thoroughly powerless, helpless, hopeless, then you get rebellion. And we've reached the point now it's a choice between nonviolent revolution. And by revolution, what I mean is the democratic sharing of power, resources, wealth, and respect. If we don't get that kind of sharing, you're going to get more violent explosions. Now, the sad thing is in this neo-fascist moment in the White House, you've got some neo-fascist brothers and sisters out there who are already armed. They show up there at the U.S. Capitol, and they don't get arrested. They don't get put down. Well, that, that, the president that's the extraordinary camp. thing. You see what I mean? You it's have like, hey. you have these white
8: weekend, you have these white weekend warriors showing up as if they're former special forces ops when they're not, uh, you know, busting into the state house, and the president praises those people, and yet everybody else is a thug to the president. He quotes, you know, a white sheriff from the south in, I, I guess right. it was '67 or maybe '68. I mean, that's. If you wrote that in a movie, people would say there's no way the president of the United States would quote a southern sheriff on the night that a great city in this that's country right. is is seeing you know people in the streets. Um,
9: I mean, that's exactly right. It's but keep and, and, in mind, also, brothers, I guess he is being true yeah, to ahead. himself. He's being true to himself. He's saying what he really well, feels sure. in his soul. You see what I mean? But see, we have to recognize, too, because I'm like like Tupac Shakur. I got some thug in me. I know I've got some gangster in me. As a Christian, I got to fight it every day. What does that mean? That means we have to call people who they are. A neo-fascist thug in the White House calls my brothers and sisters in the street thugs. So then the question becomes, how do we keep alive moral, spiritual standards, keep alive staying in contact with the humanity of all of us across the board, but recognizing we're living in a moment of massive economic, capitalist, the, 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 what is capitalist economy, failure when it comes to delivering the needs. The nation state, failure to, to protect. Critical criminal justice system, failure to be fair, you see. And, and, and the only, only response we have is, uh, is Samuel Beckett, my brother. Try again, fail again, fail better. Try again, fail again, <laughs> fail better. Because That's white it. supremacy is going to be fail around better. for a long, 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 long time. Try Don't again. get surprised if this happens again. Try again. Try you again. Know, you know what the great it? moment. In, try again, fail again, fail better. That's try the again, blues line of our again, Irish better. brother. But, but, but the question is mm. we must fight. Even in a moment in which we have a failed social experiment, we must Fight, and we must have an anti-fascist coalition against what's going on in the White House. Republican Party. We have to tell the truth about the milk toast cowardly activity too often that we see among the neoliberal wing of the Democratic Party. And we must be critical of ourselves in terms of keeping alive the highest moral and spiritual standards of Martin Luther King Jr. Mm-hmm. and Fannie Lou Hamer and Ella Baker. And you see it at work in the soul of Brother George Floyd's family.
5: Mm-hmm.
8: Mm. Dr. Cornell West, I appreciate your time tonight, and um, no, uh, love you, though like brother. To to you stay more. strong, man. Thank
9: you,
3: Dr. Cornell West. Try again, fail again, fail better. Um, Dr. West is really a, a, a resource uh, to us all. Uh, in 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 regard to really understanding the neo-fascism that is occurring in our country. I cannot, and I don't usually, unless I have the authors as guests, recommend uh, books, but I am suggesting that Sarah Kendazor Hiding in Plain Sight, is a book that we all should read to understand exactly how we got here. And I know that there are a couple of people uh, who are our Common Ground Voices, Dr. Uh, Sandy Darity and many others who have new books. And I'm giving them the room to uh, really get their book out on the market. You know, sometimes media plays a game with black authors especially, and that is if they get too much exposure, then they don't get to the major media to get, exp- to get their books presented and their papers presented and their movies presented or whatever, and I'm very, very mindful of that. Um, in the whole month of September, Every Our Common Ground program will be around the issue of black economic inequity and reparations. Every um, Our Common Ground broadcast will be on that subject. and Because I think that we need the time to really digest. There are many of you out there who really don't understand the reparations movement? We talked a little bit with uh, Dr. Ron Daniels uh, some weeks back about NARc, which is the National um, Reparations Commission out of the um, out of his organization, and we will have him back at that time to talk more to us about it. But I think we need to understand bottom line is a debt is owed. How that debt gets paid and the challenges and demands of that debt being paid is a question. But the debt owed and we will not forget the debt. Uh, I want to thank all of our callers and all of uh, those of you who are listening Uh, at our live studios for live streaming and those of you who are listening uh, and have called in to 347-838-9852 to listen. We have a full board of listeners tonight and we want to thank you. We want to also ask you, uh, since we have been back, this is our uh, 15th episode since we have been back on the air after I was in federal government arrest and could not broadcast this program after having more than 25 years of our common ground. Um, and I'm so glad to be able to be back. My non disclosure and my obligations relative to. Uh, what I could and could not do as a federal official is over. So I'm back, and we want you to call your friends, let them know that I am back, uh, and we are building, rebuilding uh, this program. Uh, our website is www.ourcommonground.com, and we are on Facebook and we are at Twitter. And we are no longer, as we have in the past, buying ads either on Facebook or Twitter because um, I just feel like our listenership, if this program is of value to you, can be our best marketing tool. Thank you so much for being with us. We'll see you Saturday night at Our Common Ground. I'll be listening for you. 10 p.m. each Saturday and Wednesday.
2: So I'm asking you for the truth. I know the truth. I know enough. And so what I'm asking you is, what is your in game? For day. For day. When you don't know, when you should have done, but you didn't, when you should have, but you don't. When you can't find, won't ask, can't say what you want. What is your evening? When you
3: recognize that you have accepted, tolerated, and accommodated stuff from them or him or her that has diminished yourself. Just who are What of the souls
2: of black folks?
3: Thank you so much for being with us here at Our Common Ground. Each Saturday, 10 p.m., I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you. A special thanks to our chatters in our chat room. Join us on Facebook, Tumblr, Pinterest, and our website at OurCommonGround.com. Twitter, follow at JaniceOCG. See you next week. Transforming Truth to Power. One broadcast at a time.